0: Hello and welcome to episode 299 of Geek Radio. We're back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm very, very well. I can't believe we're on episode 299. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what have you been
1: up to this week? Well, High School Musical, I'll call it just the series, not the full name, because I don't (laughs) need to read out the series' full name. It came back for its second season. It's had uh, two episodes so far. I'm not going to spoil what they're doing this season in terms of which musical they've picked, but it is something a little bit different, which is cool. Not too much. It's like you know, in-depth story to talk about or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> it's 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 more of just a sort of it's a fun show. It has got that sort of teenage cliche stuff in it, which I'm fine with. It's one of the shows that's better at doing that than certain other shows. It's just a good sort of uplifting time, which I think is what we need from TV now and again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you look at uh, obviously things like the Good Place, those extraordinary playlist, even things like uh, Mythic Quest, those sorts of shows that are just sort of good, uplifting, fun. There's like chemistry between the characters, and there's comedic chemistry between the cast and everything Uh, So really all all four of those shows, I know obviously the good place is finished, but uh, the others are still going at least at the moment. Um, (laughs) It's just a good uplifting time. It's not something you need to follow too seriously or too closely. It's got a nice kind of basic story kind of going on. You know, you've got some fun moments between the characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not just the case that, you know, the music is uplifting and really good. It's performed really well as well, which I think is also an important element to that. It's not just kind of music and dance thrown in The the cast is really, really good at, doing their overall performances because they opened they did this bit of the season premiere and they had this big musical number that sort of went around I don't know if it was the entire school but most of the school and <laughs> it was like coordinated really well and choreographed really well and it just sort of hit you with that in the opening season two episode and I thought that was a good nice sort of way to start the season Yeah. and uh, as I've kind of mentioned a little bit before I was watching the, uh, the original Zac Efron films when I was at high school uh, so they were sort of coming back and as I kind of said when I finished the first Season because when I went to watch the first season, it was all out, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was sort of catching up with it. And uh, I didn't quite realize at the time how much not not for the story, but more for the music, how much nostalgia I'd have for the music. And (laughs) because they're bringing in some more of the other songs as well, Mm -hmm. uh, it's still kind of hitting me a little bit in that way. And it's just a it's just a good fun time, really. Yeah. So so, uh, I've I've quite enjoyed that. And the episodes aren't too long. The the second episode was a little bit longer, but uh, it's just a good time. So yeah. uh, Apart from the name being a bit silly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, High School Musical the music. The musical, the series, season two is the full title of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think you've watched any of it,
0: have you? No, no. I mean, the high school musical films were sort of bypassed me. I was obviously quite a lot older when they uh, first came out mm-hmm. and I never really kind of caught up with them. So I've never really bothered to go and watch the series. I'm tempted to go and give them a try at some point. This is the sort of thing that Disney do very, very well. That kind of obviously mm-hmm. musical mixed in with live action, action and all that sort of stuff if anybody can pull this sort of stuff off it's Disney so and the series seems to have been going down pretty well and I think it's it's incredibly meta in terms of you know it's <laughs> them doing a musical about a film that they also produce I mean it's it's kind of incredibly meta but enjoyable fun and teen drama and uh, yeah exactly the sort of thing that Disney does brilliantly so you know it's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's going well
1: yeah that's been uh, pretty good I don't know how many episodes there is for the season it's usually 8 or 10 or something mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not gonna be it's not gonna be twenty three episodes. So no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, started a new, well, not a new show. I um, did my first watch of uh, Lone of Duty*. I've seen the first ah. season of that. So much talk, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, especially after the finale. Yeah. And I remember when I was kind of kind of talking with you about it on Geek Town. Obviously, I couldn't really participate in the conversation because I didn't have a clear what you were talking about because I hadn't <laughs> seen the show. But uh, so many people were just talking about it. I knew it was a short show because that's sort of what these BBC shows tend. to to do mm-hmm. um, I didn't really even know that much about the characters or I knew obviously what the plot was going to be but I didn't really know who was in the show or whatever so it was a nice surprise to see uh, Lenny James yeah. in the first season which was good obviously Morgan and he's been uh, a bunch of other characters as well he, he did that um, was it called Save Me Safe from Me. Sky because yeah. so I think in the time that I've watched season one of Line of Duty I've also seen two Fear episodes which are, I think of both yeah. are they both had him in I think so uh, so I've seen uh, a lot of Lenny James recently <laughs> uh, one with taking down criminals and one with killing uh walkers and stuff so i liked it i liked the first season it didn't quite sort of smack me in the face to where i thought it was going to because it was just been even controversy around whatever happened in the finale again i still don't know what that is <laughs> the, was it the sixth season the, the new one yes e- even after all that sort of came out and everything even the years before that it was like line duty is awesome line of duty is great line duty is one of yeah. bbc's best shows and it gets to a point with like that where you think okay i'll start watching some of it you know mm-hmm. and it's it's relatively short and all that it hasn't quite hit me in that sort of Way yet maybe I'll think a bit differently when I see some more of the seasons there were some parts to it that really really stood out quite a lot and obviously quite dramatic and had a lot of stakes in there the finale for the first season I thought was a bit strange that didn't quite completely work for me does line Duty you have a history of like not ending the seasons well also, <laughs> or, like, or is it just I, I don't know
0: generally no I enjoyed the first season quite a lot I would say it does improve with each season as well it's good okay. that first season I think each season gets progressively better and better as you get more kind of invested in what's going on and the overall conspiracy and the characters and it grows and grows and grows and one of the nice things about this is they have quite high profile guest leads who tend Mm -hmm. to be playing the persons that the team are investigating so you've got the four main leads and then you have a guest lead who is usually only there for that one season i think it's quite a nice format and it works really well generally this is nearly 10 years old that first season mm. so it's just grown with people over the years and I, I and he's one of those rare shows which does get better and better and better as you go through with it and I know there was a mixed reaction to the finale and we don't know whether it's going to come back again I hope it does but I enjoyed the finale of the, the last season as well and also in season one it's nice to see Lenny James doing something kind of different as well in this mm. uh, you know because we're so used to him yeah. playing Morgan at this point he's a bit like a Tom Cruise he doesn't really age does he no no not in the slightest he really sure sure wouldn't I'm no. sure in that
1: first season in that first season of Line of Duty he looks the same as what he looks now in season six of Fear yeah so <laughs> yeah but like, a, like a Tom Cruise some, some people just don't age do they they just stay no. kind of looking the same so no. yeah <laughs> but I enjoyed it is is kind of what I'm coming away with but I wasn't sort of like wow I agree with the general consensus
0: I think that's part of the problem with Line of Duty as well at this point is everybody tells you how incredibly amazing it is and it's one of the best things ever made so your expectations are incredibly high when you go into it and i think it's very difficult to live up to that as well so Mm -hmm. yeah i entirely understand your reaction to that first season go through and watch the rest of them because it is it is a solid show throughout and i think as you get more invested as you go through the seasons it becomes better and better in the twists and turns of what happens to the characters is is just really well thought out generally so definitely Mm -hmm. worth
1: continuing with yeah just a little note on what you just mentioned there the problem that you've got there is something called recency bias which is where people will watch the episodes on uh, whatever Sunday nights or whatever and the an episode will immediately finish and they'll go this is the best thing I've ever seen because they've just watched it and it's really entertained them on the spot and we're all kind of guilty of that in some mm-hmm. way or another I, I think you know we're, we see a really good film or a good episode of TV or finish a good game and we think wow that was really incredible this was like one of the best things ever so mm. it's uh, it, it can be a little bit of a problem but uh, anyway uh, but yeah I will continue with the uh, the seasons I don't know when I'll watch the next one but uh, at some point to. So, mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to kind of mention in a little sort of bunch, uh, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, and Big Shot. They're two scripted drama sort of sports shows that are on Disney Plus. Uh, Mighty Ducks is uh, an ice hockey one, and it's got uh, is it Lo- Laura Graham, Lauren Graham Lauren from Graham, uh, Zoe's yeah. Extraordinary Players. I'm assuming this is what she went over to because uh, of all the yeah, COVID mix up was, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. this
0: this was supposed to be shooting separately to Zoe's. It's the reason she's not really in the second season of Zoe's. Not that we've had the second season of Zoe's yet but the reason that she's not in the second season of Zoe's is because of the Mighty Ducks it's because of COVID they had to move the filming of Mighty Ducks and she was already signed up and she's a lead in that show whereas she's a, a yeah, secondary yeah. character in Zoe's so that was why she couldn't back out of it so you know I why would she? she's the lead in this one so <laughs> yeah
1: she's basically the the mum to one of the young guys in the show and uh, the young guy that she's the mother to he's kind of like the one that sort of pulls the team together because right, um, yeah whole thing about he tries out for the mighty ducks it doesn't work out the guy says to the mum, your son isn't good enough whatever don't bother and then she names this new team that goes up against the mighty ducks that don't bothers because that's what <laughs> right. uh, he said to the son like don't bother because you're not yeah. uh, good enough to be in this team which is a very harsh thing to say to a young sports person but anyway she names the team after that and then she kind of becomes sort of like the the coach mother figure of uh of all mm-hmm. the all the group and then uh, the young boy goes and convinces some of his friends. From school about like hey none of us are really good enough to get into the mighty ducks because they're seen as like the the big guys kind of thing yeah. of of the league and uh, he slowly forms this team and then over several episodes you see them train and that kind of thing i mean to begin with some of them can't even quite skate so you see them going from learning to skate to actually competing in games so it's a, it's a good kind of journey but uh mm. for, for all the all the characters and stuff and they also meet i think it was the coach what, yeah. like a previous it's, coach of one of the it, it's, other it's, teams he it, like sort of joins in it's yeah.
0: emilio estevez i think is the person you're probably thinking about for yeah, that he, he Who was the, the origi- I think he owns the
1: ice ring that they go and train at and stuff so. oh, right, okay. and then she has to convince him you like can come back and, and whatever so, yeah, so he's a bit sort of burnt by something that happened in the past Yeah, and all that but, that's, uh, yeah. that's
0: Emilio Estevez because I mean the Mighty Ducks are based on a, a film franchise um, yeah. and the original film was the same sort of story except the Mighty Ducks were the underdog team and Emilio Estevez was the coach of that And by the sounds of it, he got burnt by the Mighty Ducks and kind of got kicked to the side. So he's reprising his role from that. I quite like the idea of what they did with the TV series of made the kind of Mighty Ducks as having gone from being this underdog team to being kind of this uh, top flight team. And now they're kind of the a-hole big team. And Lauren Graham's running this this little upstart team that uh, are are the underdogs. So I think it's quite a nice Mm -hmm. idea that they've come up with the TV show and I adore Lauren Graham yeah. I mean if you've ever seen Gilmore Girls she does those ranty things that she does is hilariously funny usually so it's one that I keep on waiting to go and watch and I haven't started yet yeah it, it seems a little bit like a um you know like what Cobra Kai did with the
1: Karate Kid yeah it's like a sort of sequel follow on it, it, it's sort of a bit like that yeah um, but you don't need to watch the old like My Duck films to understand what's going on things yeah. get sort of filled out uh, the other one I wanted to mention as well Big Shot which is a basketball series this one's a got a little bit of a sort of strange idea behind it so this guy called uh martin he was kicked out from his former professional basketball team that he coached because he threw a chair at the referee and then obviously got sacked and then got moved to this high school where he started teaching a bunch of like young women how to do basketball which is a big sort of change for him and for the young girls and the weirds it, like in those sort of first two episodes it's a bit sort of like should he be here this is kind of strange but this is what's been set out everyone's kind of weird awkward about it in, in the first episode of like okay he's gone from this a professional big league sort of basketball team to teaching high young school. women or yeah. young girls or whatever in, in this high school it's a, it's a bit of a strange change and I've never really heard of that kind of happening before maybe it's more of like an American thing that that can happen I, I don't know I'm sure but uh, yeah. he sort of he sort of slowly teaches them like his ways of playing basketball which are a bit more strict than what he's used to <laughs> I looked at the way he does some of his coaching and thought okay if you took I don't know if some of you some of the listeners know who uh, Jose Mourinho is <laughs> (laughs) he uh, managed Chelsea twice he managed Real Madrid and then he almost destroyed United as well (laughs) and uh, let's just say that Jose Mourinho's methods don't really fit with how the English game is sort of played now he's not really sort of Mm. hence why he's not with Tottenham anymore either and also failed there so uh, he's a bit sort of like that but a lot less toxic and a bit more modernised this is sort of like looking at a modern less toxic Jose Mourinho in a way if that kind of makes sense
0: not got to watching Big Shot yet but he's got some good names behind it I mean John Stomos in the lead it's David E. Kelly was one of the creators of it who's the guy behind Bid Little Lies and a whole bunch of other things yeah. and our old friend Feliza the composer he's co-composer on the for the music for it with uh, Alexis Grappas so um, mm-hmm. he'll have a kick-ass soundtrack regardless if those big guys are involved so that's good yeah. Uh, and then
1: the last thing I want to mention is uh, Superstores finished I hadn't watched it on the ITV hub thing for like a week I thought oh there's loads of episodes out Uh, turns out there was only two left because the season was a bit shorter Mm -hmm. Uh, so I thought I'll watch just these two episodes back to back uh, which kind of work as like a double series finale in a way Uh, Amy came back to the series as well which was good for the the finale it all wrapped up pretty well very similar to the way that maybe like The Office wrapped up and that kind of thing just sort of like seeing what these people are doing next with their careers and seeing them settled with their family. Families, that kind of stuff throughout this whole season they've all had like masks and things on because obviously covid and stuff <laughs> and they've had a few storylines revolving around that which are handled pretty well uh, and obviously they had like at the start of the season the store was sort of in a bit of trouble because you know lockdown started happening and yeah. all that but they needed to kind of stay open and that sort of thing so it was a pretty good run six seasons is is i think pretty good i'm happy with how it finished you had a little sort of flashback thing at the end where it sort of showed past memories of different things and yeah. that. so yeah it, it wrapped up pretty well a little a bit emotional in certain places just uh, remembering certain things and that so I thought they handled the COVID stuff pretty well with the episodes there you go so mm. speaking on that as well because that was on the ITV hub there's now no shows that I watch on uh, ITV so I don't know when I'll next use the hub thing, <laughs> but, uh, but in terms of me for ITV that's that's it for now
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I barely watch but ITV uh, anyway
1: <laughs> yeah they've got all those like real housewife shows and whatever else so which I saw loads of adverts for yes <laughs> yeah So anyway, that's what I've been up to. Uh, How about yourself?
0: Gaming wise, sticking with Subnautica Below Zero, I think I'm going to stay with that until I've completed it. And uh, I'm just having lots of fun playing around in that game. I've been a huge fan of that game for ages. And uh, now the finally full release thing is out. So just going around, trying to avoid getting eaten by giant monsters and building up (laughs) a little base and collecting resources and all that sort of stuff. I do love those games immensely. Uh, The first one was brilliant. Second one's equally brilliant got a bit more of a story in the second one i think there are a few more characters in it which he didn't have in the first one really really good fun the basic premise of it is you're dumped on a planet and you're looking for information about what happened to your sister you have to go and collect resources to build out your base and you've got to go and search out the surrounding area to find clues as to what actually happened to her and you stumble across some fairly interesting people and uh, interesting whilst you're doing that and to say any more hmm. than that would probably give it away too much but of course it, it's subnautica so it's all underwater pretty much although there are some above ground things in this one as well majority of it is underwater but there's a sort of it's a frozen planet that you're on so the above ground stuff whereas underwater obviously the danger is that you run out of air when you're above ground the danger is that you'll freeze to death if you're outside too long there's bits of danger and uh, there is a few jump scares and stuff in there but it's really 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 good fun i would thoroughly thoroughly recommend that to people and they're it's relatively cheap as well i think they're doing it for like 20 25 pounds or something that game mm. and i believe the first game is on game pass so if you've not picked up the sort of nautica games go out and get them because they are really really good fun also outside of tv i've been reading through the invincible comics because i got the first five comic books oh. uh, a couple of weeks ago it's interesting because you know i haven't read all the walking dead comics which are also from Robert Kirkman but it's interesting having seen the TV series and now reading through the comic books the differences between the two and I think they're remixed in a similar way to what they did with the Walking Dead TV series and the comic books as well as in there are certain characters which aren't in the comic books which are in the TV show and there are changes to some of the characters quite major changes such as in the comic books the best friend isn't gay so that alters the storyline in the TV show where, you know, they go after college and there's this guy that he wants to go and date. That bit is different in the comic books to how it is in the TV show because that relationship isn't there. Also, the girlfriend is a completely different character as well in the comic books. Um, So there are key changes to some of the characters and a lot of the plot points whilst they're in the comic books are moved into different places. So the pacing is very different. It actually takes quite a lot longer. Like I've got the first five books and there are still bits in the book, which are from the TV series. So they've taken bits throughout those sort of first five books and remixed them and compressed them for the TV series. I actually prefer the pacing of the TV series to the comic books. I think the pacing on the TV series worked slightly better. If you're interested in picking up the comic books, you are reading a version of the TV series, but it is very different to the TV series as well. You're not going to have exactly the same experience. So they are worth picking up if you've been thinking, about that as a possibility and you enjoyed the Invincible TV series, the comic books worth are worth going out and getting. Very enjoyable, worth going to look do, at. Do they still have that big thing from the end of that first episode? Mm-hmm. I'm
1: guessing that still happens. Yeah, it, pretty yes, thing.
0: but it comes in a lot later in the comic books. Oh, okay. The, that whole sort of arc is over, I think, the first three books that arc is in. Um, obviously, I'm talking collected trade volumes. So that mm-hmm. arc, is, I think, happens over the first three books books the thing of guardians of the globe aren't in the first book at all they're referenced omni man makes huh. a reference to them but they don't ever actually appear until much later things like that are remixed there's it's a lot more the early books are a lot more about the relationship between mark and his father and so as i say it's, it's much slower paced in the books than it is in the tv series so it's interesting to see how they remixed it and i think the tv series actually compressed it really nicely into a more coherent story nothing thing against the comic books they're interesting and they're different but i actually think the tv series does it slightly better so yeah so mm. i've been reading God. through those in new shows that i've been watching the nevers which is the new sky atlantic hbo series which is all available on demand right now it does come from joss whedon which i know is slightly problematic at this point but uh, but he's not the only person involved with it he did direct and came up with the idea of it and directed a number of the episode but it has got a number of other brilliant writers in it as well. The Nevers is kind of like taking the X-Men, smashing it into Downton Abbey kind of via Buffy. It's it's a really interesting mix of things. Hmm. The basic premise of it is it's a big sci-fi drama. It's set in Victorian England. There are a bunch of people that have developed these strange abilities, which are known as the Touched. People are obviously quite scared of them because some of them could potentially be quite dangerous. Like, there is one girl that has grown really large. There are people that can throw fireballs that can people that can see the future. There's people that can manipulate other people's minds and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's your sort of standard array of superhero abilities or super villain abilities. You know, it's, it's this standard set of stuff. What you're following is this orphanage, which has been set up to house these people who are touched and are struggling out in the real world. You know, so when they get vilified or get kicked out. Out by their families they have somewhere to go that's run by a character called amelia true played by laura donnelly who is also a touch person as well and she sort of runs it there are various other characters in there like james norton who plays this uh, this aristocratic young man that likes to throw sex parties it's sort of slightly weird as it feels like it's this show which seemingly would fit well on something like the cw and then suddenly there are boobs it's, it's really strange <laughs> it's like they the, the kind of you know because it's HBO uh-huh, Sort yeah. of totally it's very odd it's like this weird sci-fi show that does feel kind of Whedon-esque in certain parts of it it's got that sort of humour that you get in the dialogue from that and it feels like this much sort of younger maybe sci-fi show and then suddenly you'll end up in a scene and there's people with their clothes off and you're like oh whoa I wasn't expecting that But then it's a HBO show, and there's, or there'll be occasionally somebody will drop an F bomb, or, or you know, there'll be light language in it, and it, it's a bit jarring. It kind of feels a little unnecessary, but then it is a HBO show, so there's no reason why they shouldn't do it. It's just, it's just jars a little bit with me. Overall, though, uh, I have been enjoying the first couple of episodes of it. You've got this sort of conspiracy thing going on, as you've got these touched, which are in this almost Xavier kind of school which is this uh, orphanage where the people are being held. There's a bit of steampunkiness to it as there's an inventor involved in there that invents all these weird and wonderful things. So there's almost like a James Bond kind of Q element going on as well. And then you've got one of the touched who is uh, slightly insane, who is causing problems as well. So there's a a sort of really interesting mix of things. I'm only a couple of episodes in. I've only watched the first two. There are six episodes in this initial run. There's 12 episodes in the whole of the first season. They've only released six so far. So there are six more to come, which haven't gone out in the US yet either. So uh, all six episodes are available on Sky On Demand and on Now TV if you want to go and catch up with those. But I think it is one... Definitely uh, worth watching and catching up with. It's just tonally, it is a little kind of weird when you're watching it and it feels like something that would be okay for a younger audience. And then, like I say, suddenly there are naked people in it or there's language and you're like, whoa, where did that come mm-hmm. from? But it is one worth going to catch up with, definitely. The other thing I watched this week is MODOK, which is on Disney+, Plus, which is the uh, new Marvel series, although it's on the star side because it is definitely done for adults. It is done by the guys behind the Robot Chicken. They do all the stop motion animation for it. It's written by Jordan Plume who worked on American Dad and Pat Narswald who also voices MODOK in it as well. And the idea behind it is that MODOK is this super villain. He's been trying to take over the world for years. You actually open with the scene with him getting stopped by Iron Man which is quite funny as well. You have him running this company called AIM but because of all these wacky schemes he's basically run an aim into the ground and it's run out of money so they end up getting taken over by this big conglomerate called grumble which is basically google he gets kind of bought out and sort of ousted from his own company he also has this traditional family life where he's at home with a wife and kids and all the problems that come with raising children when you're a supervillain as well so it's just very very funny and it's this weird wacky mix of things and it's very silly I did really enjoy the first episode of it as well it's got some great voice cast you've got Patton Oswald doing the voice of Modoc. Amy Garcia from Lucifer plays his wife in it as well voices his wife there's a whole bunch of other really great voice things in there but if you like things like Robot Chicken you'll know the sort of humour level that it is and it's definitely one that I think is is worth a look if you enjoy those sort of shows I did watch it when it came
1: out on the, the busy old Friday that is Mm -hmm. the streaming days or whatever yeah Um, I thought it was pretty good I tried to not take it too seriously it was just sort of fun it's the first time we've seen MODOK in something for a while I know that he was the main villain in the uh, the Avengers game which had the same company thing in there as well that's the first one of the first things I've sort of seen him in was the Avengers game but this is the first time I've seen him in like a series thing Mm -hmm. Uh, it would make sense with the future of the MCU if he was kind of like one of the next big bads
0: yeah maybe I mean it will be difficult I I think doing him in live action after you've used him in such a silly way in a stop motion animation thing, Mm -hmm. I think that may be a part of a problem if you actually tried to do it in live action. Plus, he's very, very weird looking because he is basically a giant head wedged into a sort of cylindrical body. So I'm not sure whether that would ever work properly in live action, but it will be interesting to see them try. I just don't know, having introduced him in this kind of comedic way, whether you could actually get him to work in a a live action thing. But uh, yeah, I mean... it's fun seeing him this. And Patton Oswald is great. So I, I will be watching the rest of those. That's fun. So that's all the stuff we've been doing on uh, TV this week. Let's go on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
1: and think about
0: Work. We start off with the renewals cancellations and pickups in TV and film news uh, cancellations. Sky has, I think, inevitably confirmed that Bulletproof has been cancelled after three seasons following the Noel Clark allegations. I don't think uh, that was unexpected at all. You know, they'd already made noises about the fact that they were pausing production on the fourth season, which it had been renewed for a full season, but they've now come out and said it is definitely cancelled after three seasons, which I feel a bit sorry for Ashley Walters in that, but can't see yeah, what else they yeah. could really have done at this point, I think, you know, other than walk away from it.
1: Yeah, there's a discussion to kind of be had here about like cancel culture and stuff. And it's been a bit more of a thing in the last, what you you say last couple of years, maybe, <laughs> um, you know, kind of this, I guess, political thing about, you know, if somebody says something wrong online or, or, or does something wrong to the people they work with, which is kind of the case here that they get sort of quote unquote cancelled. I get what the phrase is supposed to mean when you say that some somebody's been cancelled, which is like they're no longer allowed to like do something or work on something. I don't think the word canceled really kind of fits with that. Cause you can't cancel a human being. <laughs> you cancel things like TV shows or, you know, concerts or comic cons or, you know, things like that to where something doesn't get another season. And then that, that sort of thing, because we've seen uh, occasions in the past where people have been quote unquote canceled for what, whatever it is that they've done. And they've, some of them have then gone on to do other things anyway, like the Gina Carano situation with Disney and Mandalorian. She's doing a film. I think we're, with Ben Shapiro whatever that's going to be I have <laughs> no idea but uh, she's yeah great step up in your career you get fired from you know the huge Star Wars show and you end up working with Ben Shapiro so good luck <sighs> but like you got the situation there so again Gina Carano not really sort of cancelled quote on because she's still working she's just fired from her current job and working on something new yeah one other example I wanted to bring up that I did talk to you about before the show was uh, obviously there was a thing with Kevin Spacey before yeah uh, and he had loads of uh, sexual assault allegations and against him that he'd done some things to people in the past on multiple different occasions we saw him fired from house of cards and they obviously did what they did with the final season mm-hmm. hasn't worked on anything for a long time now i didn't look for this news i saw it pop up yesterday uh kevin spacey's got a new job so again you can't really cancel human being because they can go off and get another job so i've now named two examples where that's been the case do we want to mention what this role is for because it's very kind of weird considering
0: um, I, well yeah what i mean
1: he's done in the past it's, it's, it's very
0: strange. A, it's an Italian drama. He's working alongside Vanessa Redgrave, apparently. And it's playing a detective investigating false claims of sexual abuse against children. And you kind of like, really? That's the thing you want to try and come back with? I mean, I...
1: Yeah. I mean, That's like, that's wow. like, the, that's like the worst <laughs> role that you could assign him for, isn't it? Yeah. In, t- in terms of scripted dramas. Yeah, that, that was like the thing that he got in trouble for and now he's been given a job where he's going to play a character that's going to do that same thing.
0: Well, not do that, but investigating that.
1: Investigate.
0: I just, I, yeah, I mean, I f- that seems like a really odd thing to come back with just very very strange mm. but i mean yeah it's an italian film that as i say vanessa redgrave apparently is also starring in it but um yeah i mean you know they're prepared to hire him to do that role he's prepared to do that role but i that that's just weird oh, i bet he is I bet uh, he's
1: yeah fine with that i just not only does it give him a job but like shimming he doesn't care about the fact that it's that role because
0: it's just such a weird thing to choose. Uh-huh. I mean, but the other thing you mentioned, the Gina Carano thing, that Knights of the Republic spin-off that they were supposed to be doing, which it wasn't entirely clear. She wasn't announced as being part of the cast, but it seemed like she was going to be part of the cast. It sounds like that spin-off has been put on hold as well. So I suspect she was part of the cast and then once they ditched her, they decided they just weren't going to make the series. So it sounds like that is one of the ones that has been put on hold for the moment. It's not as if we haven't mm-hmm. got enough other shows coming out of star wars of marvel to keep us going anyway but it sounds like that one probably isn't going to be made or at least it's going to be delayed while they figure out what they're going to do with it but uh, yeah mm-hmm. so um, but
1: yeah the, the thing i'm just trying to get across is that you can't really cancel a human being because it doesn't work that way <gasps> but you can fire a human being from a job if they've done something wrong um, yeah. and then they can later as i've just noted with two different examples they can get a job doing something different later whether or not they should be doing that particular thing is, a, I suppose, a different discussion. But,
0: well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh,
1: no, totally. Unless it's like a Harvey Weinstein situation where he's actually in prison and obviously can't do film roles from <laughs> or directing from, from prison. That's a bit different. But yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. Uh, anyway.
0: Uh, right, yeah. So uh, moving on from that, another cancellation, which we talked about a bit last week, Rebel, the ABC TV mm-hmm. series. Christopher Vernoff, who is the showrunner on that and the creator of that show, is not happy with ABC. She uh, tweeted out something which I think was very telling. She actually deleted the tweet, but obviously, you know, once you put it out there, people screenshot mm. it. With Rebel, because of the fact that it's Christopher Vernoff that was the showrunner on it, she's also the showrunner on Grey's and Station 19, two of the biggest shows on ABC. A lot of people were saying, yeah, the numbers on Rebel hasn't been brilliant, but given the fact that it's Christopher Vernoff who is showrunner on two of their biggest shows and the fact that it's Katie Siegel in the lead role. And a lot of people were looking at that and a lot of the trades were going, yeah, well, we know it's not got the numbers that we think it probably should have, but they're going to be quite lenient on that because of who the showrunner is and who the star is. And, you know, it's got quite a lot of high profile people behind it. And then they cancelled it. I think much to the surprise of everybody, including the people involved in the show, because it had only aired five episodes at the time. And uh, Christopher Vernoff put out a tweet quoting the uh, article from one of the trades saying, you know, well, yeah, it should be fine. ABC are likely to be lenient on it because Krista Vernoff is involved. And she tweeted out, you'd think, wouldn't you? (laughs) You give them three shows during a pandemic, they give you five episodes. Cool, cool, cool. That was the tweet that she put out. And you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's like really not happy about that. Katie Siegel herself also wrote quite a long, pretty scathing rant at ABC about the fact that that, you know, they were very supportive of the show until the numbers were quite as high as maybe they'd like and then they cancelled it. I think out of all the cancellations over the last few weeks, that has been probably one of the most surprising ones just because the people involved, uh, I mean, it hasn't even aired over here yet. They haven't even seen what the international numbers, because it's going out and in Star internationally, they haven't even shown yeah. what the international numbers for it are like. So yeah, I think that was one of the most surprising cancellations out of the whole lot. I did wonder whether she'd make a statement about it because as I say she's still showrunner on Grey's and Station 19 but you could tell she's just not happy about it but I thought that tweet was hilariously funny. Mm, yeah. A couple more updates on things that happened recently Prodigal Son, there's a little bit of an update on that. HBO Max have apparently passed on saving that series. It is a Warner Brothers series even though it ran on Fox in the US so one possible route to save it would have been to move it onto HBO Max. HBO Max apparently have passed on it uh, although they are now shopping it around to other potential places but I think if HBO Max have passed on it that probably means that he's going to be cancelled for good that show which is a shame because I think it was a fun enjoyable series that and I suspect it probably ended on cliffhangers and stuff which is not how you want a show to go out Mm. NBC there's still no news on Zoe's Good Girls Manifesto debris yet Uh, as I said last week they're waiting for all those shows to finish all their runs and then they can decide whether they're going to save things or move things around or you know whatever they're going to do with those but still no update on those so with most of the cancellations done is there anything particular that you've missed out of the stuff that has actually been cancelled? I think most of the stuff that I
1: watch has been renewed apart from it's just waiting on Zoe and, and Good Girls now I think mm. to see if they survive obviously Prodigal Sons future has been pretty much decided I think, yeah. um, but I think most of you know because things like Walking Dead and all those other sort of shows and all, all the CW stuff usually gets renewed I can't think of any other shows that like have haven't been decided yet that I I do watch obviously there's all those like procedurals and stuff but the two that I actually watch the 911 shows both got renewed didn't they so yeah yeah, for me it's just a case I'm waiting uh, waiting for NBC really so uh, and then waiting on E4 to see when they air Zoe and then waiting on Netflix to see when they add good girls as a boxer I don't as the season of good girls finished I'm not actually sure think so whether it's got an episode or two left or or whatever I I know that the uh, Zoe finale went out so I'm just not sure about good girls but yeah just those two on on really
0: yeah any, so, any few particularly Does I say I think the biggest surprise out of all of it was Rebel although I haven't actually seen it so I can't judge what the show was actually like yet because it hasn't aired here but I think in terms of just surprising cancellations Rebel I think was the one that stands out uh, I will miss Prodigal Son because I did enjoy that show I think that was the, probably the one that out of everything that got cancelled we actually did fairly well over here we avoided most things that air in the UK getting canned but yeah prodigal son is one that i will miss yeah apart from that i'm in the same boat as you i don't really watch good girls but manifest and zoe's are two that i'm quite interested in to see whether they uh, do get renewals but you know the nbc are taking their sweet time over those. so are, yeah, yeah in terms of uh, renewals amazon has ordered a second season of wheel of time before the first season even airs so they're showing quite a lot of confidence in that they have wrapped production on season one of wheel of time this is a TV drama which is based on the Robert Jordan series of best-selling fantasy novels. It's set in a sprawling epic world where magic exists and only certain women are allowed to access it. The story follows Morianne, played by Rosamund Pike, a member of an incredibly powerful all-female organisation, as she arrives at a small town of two rivers. There she embarks on a dangerous world-spanning journey with five young men and women, one of whom is prophesied to be the dragon reborn who will either or destroy humanity. So it's another one of those big epic fantasy dramas. I know the books are very popular, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like they like what they've seen of shooting on season one and they've just ordered it straight into season two, which is uh, good news Mm. if you're fans of those. Uh, I mean, Amazon have got this whole load of really high-end, high-concept fantasy stuff coming up because they've got this and they've got Lord of the Rings and they've got things like the peripheral coming and a whole bunch of like sci-fi fantasy things, but they're taking a while to actually get the screen but they are in development so this is one of the big ones
1: I think it's one of them kind of trend following things where you know Game of Thrones was the biggest show on TV for a long time mm-hmm. and then you know slowly over the course of the last few years you know since Game of Thrones ended regardless of if you like that final season or not or whatever I'm just talking about the fantasy genre itself mm-hmm. and then everybody kind of turned around and went hey we should try and do some more fantasy stuff then you got Cursed and you got Witcher and you got Lord of the Rings and you got all this other kind of stuff and uh, we, we've seen more and more of it yeah. over the last couple of years but hey I, I mean I mean, you know, if you look at one genre and you think, hey, there's show, a show in that genre did really well, we should do that as well. It makes sense. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this how this turns out and it's always kind of good in a way to see whether it's a streamer or a network to renew something before it's even aired is usually quite a good sign.
0: Yeah, so. And Amazon are quite good at that. I think they did the same thing with Carnival Row, I seem to remember as well, which was another sort of big fantasy series. They have a tendency to do that at Amazon. They are sort of more concerned about the quality of the show or whether they like it internally than what the actual numbers are going out in terms of second season renewals. Plus, I think there is a an onus on them right now to try and get things into second season production as soon as they possibly can because of the fact that, you know, with delays from COVID, they're trying to get things like turned around mm. so they don't have to close down shows for too long in between the first and second seasons. Uh, they, they did it with Jack Ryan as well, I seem to remember. That, I think, got renewed for a second season before the first season went out so it's nice you know that amazon i mean obviously not short of money anyway over at amazon but it's nice that they've got no. enough <laughs> nice they've got enough confidence in their own product to be able to say yes we think people are like this so we're just going to renew it you know and carnival road was great i thought they did a great job with that and uh, you know jack ryan's been brilliant so i'm glad that they're doing this and um, mm. you know i look forward to seeing will time when that comes out Seal Team also been renewed for a fifth season, but in the U.S. will move to Paramount Plus. Should make absolutely no difference in the U.K. Uh, it should still end up going out on uh, Sky over here. That's been moved over to Paramount Plus. The basic logic being that it will free up space on CBS because CBS have bought a bunch of new shows, so they need a, a bit more space in terms of the actual scheduling. Also, it's quite an expensive show to produce, and you can shift the budget. I mean, I know it's all part of the. Same- company so it's essentially it is moving money around internally for them but it does shift it off the balance sheet for CBS and onto the balance sheet for Paramount Plus which that helps CBS in terms of balancing their books it also gives a little bit more freedom in terms of what they can do on Seal 2 as David Baranis I think tweeted out after the news came out he posted the news and said hey does this mean I can drop the (laughs) F-bomb on the show now (laughs) Uh, so you know it does give them a little bit more freedom of what they could do on it particularly when you're dealing with a military show it maybe means that you can show things that you wouldn't be able to show before which I think is kind of interesting what they can do with plot lines and Mm. stuff
1: we've seen a few different stories over the last couple of weeks of things moving to Paramount Plus Yeah, uh, like a a few different shows so I find that quite interesting yeah
0: Yeah. they are treating it very much like one homogenous ecosystem with things moving around from CBS to Paramount Plus Uh, Evil also has moved across to Paramount Plus again it's another situation where it did quite quite well in streaming whereas it didn't do as well on its linear broadcast so it kind of makes more sense to stick it onto the streaming service instead so Mm. again that should make no difference in the uk the second season assuming alibi pick it up should come to alibi again still uh, because we don't have paramount plus here they've confirmed that they're moving evil onto paramount plus along with seal team over in the us but for the uk it should make no difference clarice which is the hannibal lecter show without hannibal lecter that one they still haven't said either way so uh, there were rumors that that was going to get moved across as well but they still haven't made a decision on that yet. The other things that got renewed after the show went out last week, 911 uh, as you mentioned, 911 Lone Star, they're both renewed and the resident was also renewed over on Fox which was all predicted to be renewed anyway so uh, I'm glad all those are coming back. In terms of pickups and shifting things around the big news this week was as we mentioned last week Fox UK is getting shut down by Disney which I think has been in the works for a while it's been pretty inevitable (laughs) that was going to come because they'd been airing pretty much nothing but a few of the CBS shows which they previously had and that big box of cancelled shows from Disney which they were using to run things out and it it was difficult to know what they were going to do with that channel whether they were going to rebrand it and keep it or whether they were just going to dump it entirely they went for the option of dumping it entirely they have confirmed now that the walking dead is going to move from Fox UK because that's shutting down across onto star on Disney plus so it will be the walking dead on Disney plus which is slightly weird it's a bit of Very an oddity. <laughs> it, yeah it's a bit of an oddity because I think that is the only show on star that Disney don't actually own because it's an AMC show it's slightly weird and I suspect the only reason it's happening is because they'd already bought it for Fox and then they decided to shut Fox down. But they've gone all in with it. What they have said is they have bought all 10 seasons of the series. So from Friday, the 2nd of July, you can go back and watch The Walking Dead from the start on Star and catch up with it. And then the 11th season comes out in August. It will go out next day after the US, as it did on Fox. You'll be able to catch up with it on Star on Disney+. And I know there's been a lot of people complaining about this because of the fact that it is now another streaming service that they have to pay for and I do get that I'm sorry that's just the way it's going I mean you know it wasn't free to air before anyway it was on Now TV and it was on Sky it was never free in the first place it was just on a service that no. you already owned <laughs> and now yeah. you in all honesty Disney Plus with Star is worth the money it's 7 99 a month it is basically the repository for pretty much all the Disney produced shows that includes everything from Hulu and FX, barring anything that isn't produced directly from them. So that's why you've got things like Handmaid's Tale, which is made by an outside studio, that is going to be airing on Channel 4. You've got Fargo, which is an FX series, which is made by an outside studio that airs on Channel 4 as well. So there are slight differences, but if it's Disney produced, it will go out on Star internationally if it's a Disney produced show that is airing either on uh, Hulu or FX.
1: Yeah, I saw some people getting very, really quite angry (laughs) that they had to pay for uh, Disney Plus. I had a little bit of a debate with someone because they said like, oh, I didn't used to pay for Fox and now I have to pay for Disney. I'm like, well, no Fox isn't free. And they were like, oh no, it's part of my cable package. And I'm like, yeah, but you're paying for that cable package. Yeah. (laughs) So it it doesn't quite work that you get Fox for free because you don't, because you have to pay for the thing. But anyway, it's going to be interesting. I'll have to change my uh, intro now a little bit yeah, for, for the, uh, the next walking- season. I mean, I'm assuming it'll be an 8 a.m. release then, will it, or something? I would assume so, yeah. And then probably with no adverts, which would be nice.
0: Yes, that will be nice. The oh. only thing that isn't clear is where The Talking mm. Dead has moved across. I have asked that question, but I'm not getting much answers back out off Disney, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I do want to know where The Talking Dead is moving across with Walking Dead as well, because they haven't said either way. The other thing they confirmed is the Orville, which uh, long-awaited third season, which got delayed due to COVID and the fact that it's just a very complicated thing to shoot that is going to be joining the platform from September 2021 so that will be landing on there which makes sense because that is now a Hulu series the War of the Worlds series which went out on Fox that is also going on to star the 28th of May for season 1 of that season 2 premieres in July on star as well Atlanta which is already on star of the previous seasons the new season of that will also be going on there so as I said anything that is basically a disney produced hulu or fx show will be going to start on disney plus so given if you think mm. that you know you've got to have in the us an fx package a hulu package and a disney plus package it's a lot more expensive for them than it is for us internationally to get all those it things is.
1: in one place so if you think with, with disney plus right not only do you get the originals which is like the mcu shows mandalorian mm-hmm. bad batch all, all those star wars shows you also then on top of that get you know big sky and Stellface and all that sort of stuff you know all, all those other fx and and Hulu shows and, and things like that, which and like some ABC shows and stuff, which mm. is uh that's that's a lot of value. Yeah. So I mean I already thought it was gonna be a lot of value before when it was just Disney Plus shows. Plus you got like that catalog of uh decades of films and things. Yeah. yeah. So
0: um, there's there's a lot of value there, I think. There is a lot of value there. I mean it's seven ninety nine a month and it is definitely worth it, I think. The only thing that we don't know the fate of at the moment is the CBS shows that were airing on Fox UK, such as NCIS, NCAS, New Orleans and Bull and I think there was a few others as well. We don't know what's going to happen with those right now. They haven't made any announcement in terms of them coming across to Disney Plus. So difficult. I suspect if they don't move across onto Disney, if that is outside their remit and they haven't picked up the new seasons of it, I suspect what you'll probably see is maybe NCIS moving to Sky along with the other NCISOs. Bull may be moving across onto something like 5USA because CBS, Viacom own all the five channels. I mean, it's not like they Mm -hmm. haven't got somewhere that they could air them over here. It's just, you know, at the moment, they appear to be homeless unless Disney come and confirm that they are moving those across as well. But I rather suspect they won't and they'll end up going somewhere else. One of those Hulu series that we mentioned, which is made by an outside company, Nine Perfect Strangers, which is the, not a follow-up to uh, Big Little Lies, but it's exactly the same production team that were behind Big Little Lies, including David E. Kelly and Nicole Kid, that Nine Perfect Strangers series, again, it's based on a book by the person that wrote Big Little Lies. So basically all the same people involved, but entirely different subject matter. Uh, yeah. That is going to premiere 18th of August on Hulu in the USA. It's been picked up by Amazon Prime globally. So uh, as I mentioned before, outside agency, which is why it's not going to air on Disney Plus, but uh, Amazon have picked that up. We don't know exactly when that's going to air. We don't know whether it's going to air next day or whether they're going to save it as a box set. But But it'll be sometime after it airs in the US, which is the 18th of August. Amazon Prime have also picked up the British remake of Call My Agent, which we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think. This is the remake of the French series, which airs on Netflix. So, I mean, you know, there was somebody at Amazon that was really rubbing their hands together when they picked this up because it's like a big (laughs) screw you to Netflix. Netflix made the French series a really, really big international hit. This is about a Parisian talent agency where the staff find themselves scrambling to keep their clients happy and the company afloat after the sudden death of its founder. They're making a UK version, which comes from John Morton, who is the person behind W1A in 2020. So that gives you a kind of idea of the type of humor involved. Some of the cast involved are people like uh, Jack Davenport, Linda Leonard, Maggie Steed, Tim McKinney and there and Jim Broadbent. There's some great names involved in the cast. So they're obviously moving the action from Paris to London. It's going to retain the essence of the Friends series, but he's going to be kind of more Morton's kind of unique British sensibility to it and they're going to introduce some new storylines, which are possibly more appropriate as well for a British audience. I think this sounds like it's going to be a really, really fun series. There are some guest spots in it because obviously it's dealing with celebrity talent agencies. So they've also announced that Helen Bolland Carter is going to be one of the people Olivia Williams is going to be involved as one of the guest spots and uh, Kelly MacDonald as well is also going to be one of the guest spots but they're going to have a bunch more famous faces that just pop in for like scenes or episodes or, or stuff I'm very much looking forward to that and I'm glad it's actually got a, a home now because we they announced they were filming it in London a couple of weeks ago and uh, now it's gone to Amazon Prime UK which I think is a great place for it also the Friends reunion they've announced that that is landing on Thursday the 27th of May at 8pm on Sky One, although it will be available on demand from 8am. Uh, it's basically going out the same day as the US. So um, you'll be able to watch it from 8am on the Thursday, the 27th of May. That's the Friends The Reunion, which is a, a sort of chat thing with the, all the cast back together for the first time, talking through episodes. And there's, I think there's a script read-through as well and stuff. So uh, that looks like it's going to be really fun.
1: Yeah, I saw it, uh, the little trailer for it, which I think you can go and watch on uh, Sky as well. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be a good time glad that sky sort of acted fairly quickly and announced that they would picked it up and like same day almost and like a pretty good time for it and stuff so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to that It'll yeah be good I'm, that's I'm, on thursday isn't it
0: yeah so that's this thursday that they've picked that up for and uh, mm. you'll be able to go and find it on demand from atm they've said on uh, sky on demand and on now so great place to go and uh, get that moving on to some other new stories batman and superman are getting new animated series mm. um the batman series series comes from Bruce Timm, who is the person behind Batman the Animated Series, or one of the main people behind Batman the Animated Series, which was absolutely fantastic. The new series is going to be called Batman Cape Crusader. J.J. Abrahams and Matt Reeves are also exec producing it, which I thought was quite interesting. The series utilizes state-of-the-art animation techniques and technologies available. This powerful creative partnership will once again reinvent Batman and his iconic Rhodes Gallery with sophisticated structures storytelling, nuanced characters, and intense action sequences, all set in a visually striking world. So it is going to be an animated series. It's not, by the sounds of it, going to be a children's animated series. This does sound like it's going to be a proper adult animated series. I mean, Batman the Animated Series technically was a children's show, but it was a lot more adult or sort of generally orientated than just being a children's show. And I mean, it was superb, that. So it's interesting that they've got not only... Bruce Tim involved, who was fantastic on the anime series. Having JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves involved. Matt Reeves, of course, he's doing the Batman movie. JJ, as far as we know, isn't directly involved in Batman projects, but he is doing other DC things and overseeing other stuff at DC. I think the Green Lantern series he's got some involvement in, and Justice League Dark series he's definitely doing for HBO Max. So this will be going out on HBO Max in the US and Cartoon Network. I think they said. I'm just going to be very interested to see what they come up with for this. Uh, given the people involved, I think that could be a really interesting one. Yeah, I'm um,
1: really liking the the idea of what they've got here, the people involved. I mean, JJ kind of does a bit of everything, doesn't he? He's done watch Star Trek, he's done Star Wars, now he's doing Batman. Wasn't he on Lost as well? Am yes. I remembering that correctly? Yeah. 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 So he's done a bunch of stuff in different places. So it's great that all this sounds really good now. We just need a UK home for it. Yeah, we do. Um, um, which is all good in saying like, okay, we'll figure that out later. But the sooner the better. If we get that sorted out. Obviously, it's a bit early yet, but better to get that sorted out sooner rather than later. Um, But yeah, some really good names attached to it. Uh, This could be like maybe a sort of modernized version of the animated series, which I've seen some of, by the way. I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen a good sort of chunk of it, which was quite good. Mm. But I'm looking forward to it just so I can see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The other one, the Superman series, is sounding like very much more a kids show. That's actually been given a two season order. It's called My Adventures with Superman. It's a all new kids and family animated series following the action-packed comedic and romantic adventures of Superman and Lois Lane catches up with 20-somethings Clark Kent the bright and driven Lois Lane and the best friend Jimmy Olsen as they begin to discover who they are and everything they can accomplish together as an investigative reporting team at the Daily Planet the serialised coming-of-age story we follow Clark as he builds his secret Superman identity and embraces his role as a hero of Metropolis and perhaps the world Lois now growing into a investigative journalist takes aspiring photographer Jimmy Olsen under her wing all while Clark and Lois are falling in love sharing adventures taking down bad guys stumbling over secrets and discovering what it means to be Superman and Lois Lane Jack Quaid is voicing Superman in this and Alice Lee who might not be the name you recognise but uh, she played Emily the wife of Zoe's brother in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist she is voicing Lois Lane in the series so um, decent voice cast I think that does sound like it's far more aimed as a sort of kids TV show but it uh, sounds like it could be quite fun sounds like a good idea again we'll see where it ends up over here um, it would kind of make sense I, I saw
1: a lot of people saying hey you know you've announced the Batman one the Superman one that's all great how about if you did a Wonder Woman mm-hmm. um, cartoon as well kind of complete the complete the Trinity would yeah. be uh, maybe a, a good idea um, we'll see if they do that maybe later down the line but yeah it sounds like a definitely more um, uh, family friendly oriented sort of series which is cool so yeah both of these sound like pretty
0: good ideas yeah now I'm looking forward to those Again, we don't know where they'll end up over here. They are HBO Max series and we do have a Cartoon Network over here. So, uh, but I think there's sort of different rights and stuff going on with that. We'll see where they yeah. end up. Obviously, the Harley Quinn series was sold to E4 and then they kind of forgot about the second season, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, moving did, forward. They? So, those are being made for HBO Max in the US anyway, so we'll see where they are land. And lastly, Peacock has handed out a uh, series order to Vampire Academy. From Julie Pleck. And if you think Julie Pleck, why do I know that name? She is the person behind all the um, Vampire Diaries series. So, Vampire Diaries, the one that hasn't dared over here, and the originals. She, she's behind that sort of trilogy of series. Uh-huh. Va- Vampire Academy is completely unconnected to those. In fact, apparently, it's been a personal favorite of Julie Pleck since the early 2000s, way before she started writing the Vampire Diaries. And uh, she signed this deal with Universal TV. And they said, well, what project would you like to work on? And she immediately said Vampire Academy was one thing that she wanted to work on. If you don't know the books, because they are based on novels by Rachel Mead, it's a story of romance, friendship, death, sex and scandal. In a world of privilege and glamour, two young women's friendship transcends their strikingly different classes as they prepare to complete their education and enter the Royal Vampire Society. The serialised and sexy drama combines the elegance of aristocratic romance and the supernatural thrills of the vampire genre. So that's the setup for it. You might be familiar with The Vampire Academy because there was a movie made of it, although it had uh, Zoe Dench in the lead role and it bombed complete commercial flop and was just critically panned. So hopefully the TV series is going to be vastly superior to uh, that version of it. Really, I mean, Julie Plec being involved, uh, Magritte McIntyre is the other person that's actually co-show running it with her, who also worked on all the Vampire Diaries things as well. So I I mean it's not like they don't know the genre very well mm. and uh, although i know it's a separate vampire thing to the other vampire universe she created at for cw i could see why maybe peacock jumped on this and uh, I, i'm kind of interested to see what she does with it yeah seems like something she's wanted to do for a while which is good now that it gets a chance to
1: happen and everything obviously she's got experience with the genre itself like we've said um i myself i know i've said obviously on multiple occasions i'm a big zombie fan i really don't like vampire stories like at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vampires has never really sort of worked for me. I mean I've seen the, some of the, like the, the Twilight films and that sort of thing. Not that I ever think about those or I remember much from them. But uh that's about as much as I've seen from Vampires. I just the, this the, the idea doesn't just, just doesn't quite work for me. But I know obviously there's uh the audience out there for it, all the vampire diaries fans and the whole franchise. So this is there's probably more for them than it is for me, which is fine. But um yeah, seems like a, seems like a good fit anyway. So, so
0: yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Obviously it's Peacock in the US which we- which is the NBC streaming service, which means it's it's likely that it might end up on Sky over here, but that is not guaranteed because there isn't an automatic deal between those two. It's just they both share a parent company in Comcast. So they tend to trade yeah. shows quite a lot because it's a lot easier for them to do that than not. And it's cheaper because it's all part of the same company. So I would suspect if this is going to land anywhere in the UK, it's probably Sky 1, but we'll have to wait and see for that. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Bye. <laughs> highlights for next week. We have uh, Season 2 of Breeders, which was a wonderfully fun comedy. Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard in a comedy about the trials and tribulations of parenting. It's from the some of the people behind Veep. It's very, very, very funny. 27th of May, that is landing on Sky 1. I think they're dropping it as a box set on now and onto Sky on Demand as well. So you'll be able to go and watch that. If you're a fan of Friday Night Dinner, they are doing a special evening for that due to the sad passing of Paul Ritter who played dad on the series they're doing a sort of evening celebration of uh, Friday night dinner so that is going to be on the 28th of May starting at 9pm there is going to be a bunch of background stuff they're showing particular episodes and obviously it's to celebrate the life of Paul Ritter so if you're a fan Mm -hmm. of the show that's going to be a nice tribute I think and uh, one worth going to watch Lucifer returns for the second half of its fifth season that's on the 28th of May as well that uh, obviously Tom Ellis back as lucifer uh had god show up in in the series i think this time around as well so uh, is, is that the last season no there's one more season after this i think so they've got the second half okay. of this they have shot <laughs> it all now they are done with it it is finished but they've got the rest of the season to do and then oh, there will oh. be a sixth season as well so that will be it rebel as we were talking about earlier the now weirdly cancelled rebel that's uh, 28th of may that lands on star on disney plus so you'll be able to see what it's like bear in mind it is cancelled after one season unless uh, ABC randomly changed their mind but uh, yeah I still don't quite get why that was cancelled but I'd be interested to see it because I do love the people involved in it and uh, it's based on the life of Aaron Brockovich the activist and uh, it stars Katie Sogol as Annie Rebel Bellow who is legal advocate and it's sort of her taking on that kind of role and then on the 30th of May we have MacGyver and SWAT returning MacGyver for the fifth and final season although not if the people behind the Save MacGyver campaign have anything to do about it the The Save MacGyver campaign Mm. has sent something like 1.4 million paperclips to CBS as a protest about the fact that the show had been cancelled. Paperclips obviously being a big thing for uh, MacGyver because it's one of the things he used to MacGyver things. 1.4 million paperclips apparently they've sent to the the CBS offices to voice their displeasure at it. Yeah, fifth and at the moment, final season of MacGyver, uh, 30th of May at 9pm that lands. And then that will be followed by the fourth season of... Of SWAT on Sky 1 that's on the 30th May at 10pm and then the last episode of NCIS LA moves to 11 for that evening as well if you're wondering what happened to that, that that's going to be airing after those two that's everything for this week if they want to find more of you where can they find you you can find me on entertainmenttalk.org
1: uh, tv video games films may night podcast the season's now sort of finished there's a big cup final on Wednesday so uh yeah by the end of Wednesday night I'll either be happy or or, or a little bit sad, uh, depending on what happens. <laughs> so you can find me over there. Uh, it was cool to hear Robert on on last week's show as well. Uh, that was really really good. Yeah, uh, to hear you two talk about different, uh, especially like from his perspective as well. The whole like difference with just all the different weird TV stuff was was cool to hear about as well. Uh, I do stream on uh, Twitch fairly regularly. I'm doing a uh, Last of Us two thing at the moment. as Well, as Twitch E UK. Hopefully at the end of next week, on the which I think is the fourth of June, I'll hopefully be able to finally see a quiet place after being delayed for fourteen yes. months. So. <laughs> you <laughs> hopefully hopefully that will happen so it's been a very long wait but uh yeah, you can find me entertainmenttalk.org and twitch etalk uk for
0: all that and uh also over on twitch you can of course go and find bex she is on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes, that's b-y-t-e-s for all the streaming which is going on pretty much daily and various evenings as well go and check out her streaming over there because it's hilariously funny and really entertaining so that's uh twitch.tv forward slash TristaBytes bites b-y-t-e-s daryl you can and go and find over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV series you love shot in Canada and Grey you can find on Twitter at Grey the Geek that's Grey with an A go and find him over there you can uh, follow along and see what he's been watching and talking about over there for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geek and on Instagram at Geek Town UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye.